Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> the devil are you you all right look don't adjust your headphones don't look at the diary don't look at the date on your phone that's right it's tuesday because this week is a two episode two shot podcast week one today it's tuesday hello another one on thursday um last week we had uh yeah it was a busy week for us jody's episode was was kind of mad because it was in conjunction with the doctor who premiere which was on Sunday of this week, and it was brilliant. She was fantastic. Um, and then we were up in Manchester on Friday, a few days ago, for the Manchester Podcast Festival, um, with Ralph Little came to join us for a big chat. And also, I want to thank him, but I also want to thank everybody that came, and uh, I spoke to a lot of people afterwards. It was such a good night. I mean... The joy of podcast is, especially this one, you know what it's like. It goes on as long as kind of what we need it to. Yeah, this uh, this went on. I think it was about, it was a good couple of hours. Uh, we were only booked for an hour, but I spoke to the organisers and they went, look, if it goes on, it goes on. And, and it did, it went on and it was brilliant. We had a uh, past two-shot podcast, our kid opening for us with some brilliant Manchester poems. Uh, and then... I introduced Ralph, we came out, we had a big old chat. It was uh, it was what it was supposed to be, and it was brilliant. So if you were there, thank you so much for coming. And also thanks so much for all the messages uh, and all the new people that have joined us um, on the back of Jodie Whittaker's episode last week, which I'm so pleased that you enjoyed. Uh, it was a joy. I know she was dead, dead busy. So for her to make time for us, and quite a lot of time, you know, I don't know if she does... A lot of uh, big, long interviews like that. Not interviews, you know what I'm saying. A big, long conversation. Uh, but it was brilliant to have her on. We did have such a laugh. And also, I want to thank uh, the BBC team and all the people at Doctor Who for messaging us and getting behind us and saying how much they enjoyed the episode. Uh, you know, things like that really mean a lot. And it means that other people get to hear it. So it spreads the podcast word uh, the the two-shot podcast word, far and wide, and more people can listen, which is kind of what it's all about, isn't it? Speaking of listening, this week you are going to be listening to a lovely natter between myself and the playwright Nick Payne. Now, if you've been watching the series Wanderlust recently on BBC One with Tony Collette, Steve McIntosh, um, it's... It's got people talking, that's fair to say. I, for one, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Now, if you're not in the UK, I know it's going to be coming on Netflix very, very soon, uh, if it's not on already. No, I don't think it's on already. I think it'll be on very soon. Uh, if you haven't been watching it, go back, get on the BBC iPlayer and uh, and give it a watch. I think uh, the writing's brilliant, the acting's spot on. Um, it ticks all the boxes, really. I, I really, really liked it. But, you know, there's been a few people complaining. Uh, you know, it's a little bit racy. It's, uh, it, some people have said it's filth. It isn't. It isn't that. But do you know what? 
maybe that's the problem with putting something on like that and uh, the people over here. Look, look, me and Nick really kind of get into that at the beginning. Um, so, look, if you've been to the theatre recently, there's a good chance you might have seen one of Nick's played. Um, where was the last one he had done? I think he might have been at the Donmar. So he's done plays at the Donmar with... Uh, Danny Mays was in one of his last plays, Constellations, which was at the Royal Court, and then it transferred to the West End, and I know it was on Broadway as well. Um, so he's predominantly known for being a theatre playwright, a brilliant theatre playwright, I must say. Um, so, but this was his first sort of footing into into writing a whole series, um, and he did. He didn't let anybody else write another episode. I think he wanted to to maintain that that sense of control. I think that's something else that we talk about as well. Um, I don't think it was easy for him, but I think he's learnt loads, and it was an absolute pleasure to, to, to sit down and spend time with him. I don't know why I'm stuttering. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, that's it. So you, there's a little difference this week to the quality uh, in the sound, and I'll tell you for why. I was working, doing the day job in London, and I invited Nick to come and meet me to record an episode. But producer Griff was up north. He was busy, so I had to record it on my very lovely uh, handheld device. So it's not as uh, sonically beautiful because producer Griff isn't here to add his magic touch. But I guarantee 10 or 15 minutes in, you will get used to it and it'll be totally fine. Um, and you can listen to this. This is episode 58 of the Two Shot Podcast with Nick Payne. I'll see you at the end. To binge and all that stuff. And, and somehow the expectation on a BBC show, in a way I probably wasn't aware, is still that you should pull in huge people, watch, huge numbers of people watching live. And really, it's fucking hard. And very few people, you know, the bodyguard, I mean, obviously is killing it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and with the figures. But, like, that's the exception, not the rule, I think. You know what I mean? And that's a writer who absolutely, as you know, like, knows how to structure a thing, knows how to make it, like, completely gripping. Yeah, but also, and you know, you were saying that you have done sort of very little telly uh -huh. and also very little press towards the telly. And uh -huh, I was talking uh -huh. to... Um, a mate of mine the other day because the first time I'd heard you speak even though I've seen some of your plays was on front row <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we yeah. were talking I was going oh, fucking hell he, you really held yourself with like humour and real dignity towards oh, that and I didn't thanks. really think her I thought her questioning was slightly loaded uh -huh, at, yeah, yeah, at yeah, times yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know what, it, know what it is in this country that we have this stigma or attitude towards yeah. any type of sex or, or even talking about sex. I mean, I, I was looking at some of the press when it was out and of course it was from horrible rags. Ah, uh -huh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, saying that I pay the, I the license for this. I know. Like, fi words like filth. I know, I know. And X-rated. It's not X-rated at all. My God, I know it's. So I thought it. I'd, you know, I think what it gets right is it's got so much heart and it's really uh -huh, believable. And also good. because, 
all right, fair enough. We haven't really seen anything like this yeah. on telly before. Yeah. But it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not from a complete... Of course, the, this is fiction, what we're watching, yeah. but it's not from a place of fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's totally right. So, so where did it come from? I know from was... a version, there was elements of the play, wasn't yeah, there? The, uh, yeah, there was a play in, like... I think when it went on 2010 but to be honest I didn't really go back to the play it, the play was like just a starting point discussing with the producers you know I sort of had a meeting with them and they and they said we're looking you know we'd love to try and find a show a contemporary thing about love relationships and sex and all that and I because I'd written the play which was a little bit about that that was how the conversation started but no it's t- it's a totally different thing so like Joy and Alan were in the play and they had one son who's also in the sh- TV show, but otherwise, who's brilliant? I love so, him. Yeah, I do. Um, I love both. So I love both those. Yeah, oh, good. I do. I mean, I feel like a profound affection for them both. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, Joe and Isis—they're just amazing. And there was something about that scene from the other week. Um, you know, when they kiss for the first uh-huh, time in yeah. the bedroom, yeah, 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 yeah. and even as an audience member, yeah. And I, 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 I hope this. I hope this no, is no, a compliment please. and not anything. I kind of knew where it was going to go. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the yeah. way uh-huh. that they played it yeah. was 100% believable yeah, and great. really, really warming. Yeah. Because I remember right. having a big smile on my face afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. One that I was, I'm pleased I was right where I was yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> but also no, in I the execution. Really good. I think there's, you know, the sh- there isn't a lot of plot in the show. I think partly because first time writing for TV, I don't necessarily know or don't have enough experience with the mechanisms of how to use plot and all that stuff. And so, I, and but also, I'm not really... I think we tried to make the characters the driver of it rather than the plot. So, no, it, it is like, in episode one, I think, you get a sense that she sort of fancies him, really, when he's talking to the other uh, woman on the playground mm. about Jonathan Franz and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um... No, and it's great. I, I, I like the kind of thing where an audience knows where it's going and is therefore like anticipating through understanding what's coming rather than a sort of anticipation where you don't know what's going to happen, which yeah. is also great. But I, I think that requires like a totally different skill set that I don't think I probably have. So do you, but, do you, feel, do you feel like you put on a different type of writer's head to write this or I think I sort of had to yeah because it was just so much you know six episodes and I wrote it all and I've never written that much before did you want to did you want to write the whole did you feel like you had to maintain that (laughs) sense of control are you a control freak Nick I I don't think so I don't I mean as it went on I must admit my control freakery kind of revealed itself and but I think it all it comes from a place of not knowing not having been through the process before and wanting to like learn as much as I could. So I, yeah, I did end up being quite involved. I wasn't really on set at all. I went on set for two days. I mean, that just seemed totally like baffling to me. (laughs) Yeah. But also I just, unlike plays where obviously you rehearse for whatever it is, four, five, six weeks and you're all collectively working towards the same goal. Actually, I was just so amazed that on set, there's a bit of that, but actually everyone may have prepared individually entirely differently. And it, and it felt like it was more important that the ownership of the material on set is between the cast, Luke, DOP, and, you know, everyone who's going to be doing it every day for yeah. six months. And while I loved going along and going, hi, oh, yeah. like having to me it was like a bit of a day out. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else is working, so 
I did. I was. Yeah, I think I went on set for about three days. But also, you've been working for the the yeah, year before you started shooting. True. So, and of course, actually, I was still writing. So I hadn't finished. So you know, they started shooting the first three episodes, and I was still writing the final three. Yeah, yeah. but I think that happens. Gosh. That happens. Yeah, I've heard since. So it made me feel good. Loads. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. happens to happened to a friend of mine really? who wrote and his first series uh-huh. that was on last year. And and I know, I know he won't mind me saying this, but uh-huh. Jeb Mercurio still writes as he as he goes Does along. He? Yeah, because that's, that's why we always used to get um, the first three episodes, uh-huh. and then you had to wait. Of course, he knows where things are going, but he needs to, he, he wants to hand things wow. in when they're more or less finished. Does you know, he so. tell you where it's going? No, no, really, no. <laughs> he, the only time I had so cool. an inkling of where something was going. And I hate doing this because it's not about me. This podcast. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> but no, um, no, I'm so no, it was only was only uh, in series three. Uh huh. Okay. Just just yeah. before the handover of yeah, the last yeah. the last script because because yeah. I'd been there for so long. I think yeah, you felt you felt a duty to yeah. Forgive the pun to, <laughs> to to tell me which which I was really grateful for you know but uh-huh. I didn't know yeah. anything. You know, from the, for the first two, you just don't. Wow, know. amazing! So you know, you're not on your own at all. I think oh, a lot, good. a lot of writers do that. It was sort of a blessing and a curse in that I, I was, as in, because the scripts weren't finished. Because obviously, I was watching the rushes, you know, stuff coming in every day, and you, and I really started to get a sense of what everyone was doing, like how they were sort of, how everyone was kind of fitting into the, I don't know, like the universe of the show and. And so it meant, it's not that I wrote for people specifically, but it was just that I was, I got really excited by what, how, frankly, how fucking good everyone was. And that just really helped me get through the last three. And, you know, and there were characters who weren't going to be in it. So, like, uh, Royce, of course, who plays Jason, mm. he was he was only going to be in two episodes. He's great. He's Royce, really Royce great in it. fucking amazing. Yeah. So I know I was like, I'm going to put you in the whole thing. He's not in episode five, but then no one is really. Um, and he's only got maybe a couple more scenes in six, but I really wanted to just write more for him. And so that that bit of it was quite fun, but fuck, it was quite scary when it was like, trying to think, getting near Christmas. And, and did you, what, what was your deadline? Well, it had waited. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking back in the summer. Like it was August. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we were, so I think block one, the first three episodes shot from sort of around September, October, maybe up until Christmas. And right. then block two was starting January till about sort of March, springtime or something like that. And I finished the final episode about two, three weeks before Christmas, I think. So they had a really tiny time to prep it. And there were some scenes, like I wrote a whole sequence in a zoo. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> And they were like, I mean, God love them. They found a zoo, uh, Chester Zoo, I think it was, and they were like, "We've got it, but we can only get access to the." <laughs> I'd scripted like baboons. Oh, I was like, I keep it easy for them. <laughs> it's like a total nightmare. Um, and if and I think they were like, "We could shoot the penguins," and I scripted it at night. That's the other thing. Uh, so there was no one else around in the zoo except yeah. Mark with a C and and Joy. And they were like, okay, we think we can get it at night. <laughs> we don't know how we're going to light the penguins. Because <laughs> I don't think you're allowed, you know, for their environment or habitat or whatever, you can't rig up. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, suffice to say it never happened, but it's in the back pocket. But um, um, anyway, what was With your yeah. writing 
television, once you handed in those scripts, were you, did you feel a sense of a loss of control? I mean, were you getting, I mean, I'm thinking with regards to writing a play. Uh-huh. If you're handing in TV scripts and then you've uh-huh. got execs and producers giving you lots of notes, were uh-huh. Did you feel that you were compromised in any way, uh, as opposed to if you were handing something in at the core? Yeah. I think... I mean, I... I think it took me the whole process, the whole of the development process, and then the edit as well, to to figure out how to... Um, take on everyone's notes, but understand... Or figure out the moments when you feel really strongly about something, and something that you've got to fight for. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I've and in a way, I've never really had to do that in theatre. Not that you don't, you know, as you'll know, not that you don't sort of have to make big changes or have to li- take big notes or listen to obviously everyone else you're working with. But in telly, there's uh, again, as you'll know, there's just there's m- loads more people. The pressure just feels greater. Mm. I don't know if it really is or whether it just feels that way. I haven't been able to figure that out. But no, I mean, I think I remember somebody saying to me, like, you should fight for the things you can't afford to lose. And I thought that was quite a useful thing. Mm. And so there was a scene, for instance, in episode five that I loved and the performances were just really beautiful and the scene was basically exactly what I kind of had in my head. I, I, I don't mean visually, but like the temperament of it. Yeah. And I found it so moving. But it just didn't work in the episode and it really kind of killed me. I was fighting for it and fighting for it and going in the edit and going, God, I think if we just go from his single to that, I think we can make it work. Yeah. And then, and everyone was like, okay, you can, you can do that. You can keep going on that. And then we were like, we screened it. Everyone in the room, so director, editor, two execs, producer, music supervisor, uh, post-production supervisor, all watched it live. And then at the end, turned to everyone. I was like, what do you think of that scene? And they were all just like, I'm so sorry, it doesn't work. Oh. And they were totally right. Yeah. but Because it's funny, isn't it? Because when you're in a rehearsal room uh-huh. for a play, to a point... You're there, and you can sell. You can edit as you go along yeah, because yeah, you're yeah, seeing yeah, it yeah, come yeah. to life, and you're yeah. seeing it in the rehearsal room. And you're going, actually, yeah. no, I thought this was working on the. Not yeah. that I've ever written a play, yeah, by the yeah, way, yeah. but obviously be. I've been in a rehearsal yeah. room yeah, yeah. loads. So you, I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? When you're there, it's as so a writer. true. And I think you don't. There's something about you don't, or at least I found this with the telly thing. You don't. I don't think you really know what you've got on your hands until you're in the edit. So shooting felt like this completely new bit of the process that's totally different to anything I've done before where you, you're sort of getting the footage and you're going wow fuck is that how it's gonna look you know I don't mean in a bad way mm. but you just I guess everyone working on it maybe has a slightly different picture in their head and we've all talked about the look and the you know production design and the costumes and all that and so I'm kept in the loop about all that stuff but even still when it starts to come together in the edit or the assemblies you do go Oh wow, that's what this is going to be like. Yeah. Whereas I think with a play, that happens much earlier. That's almost like, say, the first week when you do a read through or whatever, and you're with the company every day, and then you start to see like, oh, I see that's how they're going to do it. Right, great. And you get, I, I think you get a sense of what you've got on your hands in in a different way and mm. maybe a bit quicker. Whereas I didn't really know what we had until we were in the edit, and and really until we were. And then when it goes on telly, then you really go... Did you feel a lot of pressure just before it was coming out? I did get quite <coughs> nervous, yeah. I mean, was, it, it, was it sort of first night nerves in the theatre? It, it was, it was, yeah. it was. But it's what's weird is you don't have the same... 
outlet, or at least I haven't figured out a way to do it, as in with a play, obviously you're in the room and you watch it, and then you go to the bar and you can chat to everyone, either as in everyone involved in the show or if any audience are milling around and you either listen to them going, that's fucking true. I saw that doesn't happen for you. <laughs> it does, no, no, it does, particularly a few times I've worked in New York, like the audiences are incredibly vocal. They're a different breed oh, over there. Aren't they? Fuck, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. They love to chat during. Yeah. They love like rustling boiled sweets. But, it, but I, I find it interesting, you know, I, I really do want to know what people think, for better or worse. So you're, do you read reviews then? I do, yeah. And Twitter and like, it's, and I'm not even on Twitter, so it's like shameful. Oh, I know, so you got so on dirty. to, oh. It's so dirty. So that's, that Twitter's like your porn, that's awful, Rick Payne. Like, so, so for episode one, I couldn't, I, I, I'd never really done it before, so I hadn't done it with plays, I, d- I don't go on Twitter to, uh, because you know, I suppose the reviews with the plays come up either the night you have your press night or mm. opening night or the next day. So, yeah, those I do always read. God knows why. Do you but, take them on board? Even, the, like... Well... Because I suppose if you take... You, I know, I've said like, we talk yeah. about this loads with other... Uh-huh. With other... And not just actors, like musicians. Mm, and mm, mm, mm. If, you, if you're accepting the good then you've got to it's accept so the true. bad, which I know, is why I, so I always try and... Yeah, do you read them? I don't, you, I don't yeah. because... Uh, I was doing a play years ago and a really good friend of mine who's mm. a brilliant theatre director right. um, he said to me something I said well I haven't read the reviews and he went well why would you they're not for you mm. and he's yeah, I, I, I that's, that's always so stuck true. with me because I yeah, went yeah, yeah. oh he's completely right yeah. and it kind of rid me of any uh, anxiety of wanting yeah. to read them at yeah, all yeah. Like, oh, they're not for me I feel yeah. a bit freer now yeah. you know? no I think that's completely right I sort of I think I found that with the plays because I didn't, you know, with the first play I ever had on, I I was so, I was like naively excited to read the reviews because I thought it's going to be great. I'm going to get some really constructive feedback. I think they're really going to be thinking about me and about how I've done <laughs> And then you read them and you're like, oh, right, it's like 200 words. It's a summary of the plot. Well, I know that. Why yeah. the fuck are they summarising the plot? And then it was like a sort of thumbs up or thumbs down and you might get an adjective you know, which in my case sort of is between like awkward or bookish, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? And then it was like a sentence for the director, a sentence for the lighting designer. And so it's so true. You're absolutely right. Your friend is absolutely right. Exactly what you're saying. Like you go, oh, I get it. They're not, they're not going to help me mm. figure out really genuinely deeply and constructively like where I'm going wrong and, and what then the skill set I'm sort of lacking but for some fucking reason with the TV, with Wanderlust, I, I thought, this is going to be so great. I'm going to get lots of really constructive... It was like being... I've gone back again it to was, the first it was one. like 10, 15 years ago. It felt... I don't know why it felt weirdly similar. And then I read them and I was just like, oh, right, fuck. <laughs> they do not care about me. Which is fine. And Twitter was... I mean, I, on Twitter, to be fair, I can just about see the funny side, but there were a lot of poo emojis after the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was like so odd. I find stuff. it really odd, yeah. but you know, television is such a an odd, it's a weird it base, it's you like, know. Yeah, it's true. It's sort of it. I mean, I think I just got to, I got to remind myself that it's amazing to have a show on the BBC, and I think people, you know, for better or worse, feel a kind of massive ownership 
over it. Yeah. Well, obviously in a literal sense, but also in a kind of cultural sense that goes beyond, we pay a licence fee, we're entitled to X or Y. You know, I think people, a certain kind of person like really loves it. And I think when a show isn't for them, and it's, you know, and it is a weird intimate thing, like your TV is probably in your front room. You know, it's like the room in the house you might spend most of your time in. So, I don't have a TV. Do you not? No. <laughs> do you only watch stuff on I watch stuff on, or? well, I watch stuff on commutes and mm, like, you know, I'm so working now in London. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if I, like yesterday I was on split, so I didn't get uh-huh. back to like 9.40 uh-huh. and I had a drink and I, I couldn't really sleep because like, yeah. it was my first day. Yeah, wow. I couldn't sleep the night before because it was my first yeah, day. Yeah, so, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of watched a bit of something uh-huh. and then listened to a podcast. And on just like a of, laptop? Yeah, just on, a, on an iPad, yeah, 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 stuff yeah. that I'd yeah. sort of downloaded. Yeah. But, um, but I think that, even that though, I think is interesting in that I think that's still, that that is like, I don't know, I think it's sort of like reading a book in that it's re- it, I think you do feel an ownership over the thing, and particularly now, if you're watching on catch-up or whatever, you control how and when you pause it, stop it, go back, again, just like a book. And I think, so it is It is a really interesting way of watching the thing in a way that, I don't know, it feels like five, ten years ago, like, you just didn't. You did watch telly, or you missed it, or you just didn't, you know? Only you tuned in week in, week yeah. out, and then yeah. people would have that conversation yeah. in the week leading yeah, up to yeah, the yeah. next That's one. so true. But I think there's, there's arguments for and against mm-hmm. the kind of way we consume television nowadays, because... Yeah. Um, I watched Kill and Eve uh-huh. pretty much back to back, but only because uh, I was given all the links for it. <laughs> Be, um, because no, I, I, and, and I was and I was really enjoying it. It yeah. seemed like one of those um, shows that benefited kind of more or less rinsing back to back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Whereas something well, like Bodyguard, like, like Bodyguard or Wanderlust uh-huh. or one of those shows you I, I want that conversation in the week yeah 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 and I right, think it's right. funny yeah, and it's interesting from certainly from my point of view and with anything whether it's a, a book or podcast yeah. or an album yeah or a film or telly yeah or piece of theatre I just go through all, yeah, all the arts there the just arts. so you know what I'm talking about juggling <laughs> I love it when people either have a strong opinion that they absolutely love mm. it or they absolutely loathe mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, the worst mm-hmm. thing for me is someone mm-hmm. to go, yeah, it's yeah, fine, take it fine, it. fine yeah. is the, yeah. w- one of the worst things for me because it's yeah. neither here nor there, yeah. is it? Yeah. I think that's quite, also, that's a tricky response when you're involved in something you've made and people are like, yeah, and they're a bit on the fence about it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, Wanderlust hat does seem to have divided people in a way I hadn't anticipated because I just I didn't think there was anything at all you know like controversial or racy or whatever about it at all I honestly I just thought it was like a warm a a, a little bit weird I get that and a bit awkward there's no doubt but it's interesting I don't know but yeah yeah, it's interesting yeah 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 yeah. I don't don't necessarily think it's weird I I do Mm. think it's really interesting Mm, mm, mm. There is a thing around sex, I think, definitely. And in a way, I wish I could tell myself it sort of makes me feel good about the show even existing because it is stimulating a bit of conversation and pe- and people are going... Like, it was on Gogglebox. Oh, was it? <laughs> it was. What did they say? <laughs> they, ju- they showed a bit from the second episode where Alan, Stephen McIntosh and Claire, Zowie Ashton, have sex. 
in her flat and it's like a bit clumsy and he's sort of adrenalised and like just uh, goes at it too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, once he's finished, he, you know, he removes the condom and he sort of holds up a condom and he says, where should I put this? And she makes a joke. And obviously that's the bit they showed. And it was just so interesting. Like people were, hor- the, you know, when they cut to the goggle boxes or watching, they all kind of gasp or cover their eyes or really. And I thought, wow, that's sort of, but that's great. It is kind of great, but I find it weird that something as banal as a condom. I get it. It's not a, like <laughs> it's not a, <laughs> an aesthetically pleasing thing to look at. No, but it's like but, a knife and fork. We've all used it, them. Exactly. It's so true. And it's weird. And I bet if you showed them a clip of like, you know, lots of people getting shot in some action film, they wouldn't cover their eyes. Like you would. Whereas. I, I, if I were walking down the street and you saw people getting shot at, I mean, thank God, I, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, you'd be hot, like, it, it would fucking shock you to your core. I think. Yeah. It certainly would me, whenever yeah. I've seen an accident, you know, like a car accident or something. It is really shocking. Like, actually, violence is weirdly banal in a way. And it is, anyway, and I just, so I find it interesting that we can consume that quite easily arguably pleasurably in a way where the banality of someone going we finished having loving consensual sex we used protection where should i pop this <laughs> it's like we're taking all the boxes yeah, it's like this is good for your health <laughs> and people are like ah, oh, fuck it's gross and you think is it yeah i, I don't know i mean it's funny when, when you say about gross. violence and then because we see it, we do see it all the time, so it uh-huh, ceases uh-huh. to become yeah, yeah, anything yeah. shocking. Yeah. But I remember a few years ago, <clears throat> and I was coming back from somewhere, and I was changing mm-hmm. tubes at Camden, mm-hmm. and I don't live in London anymore, so mm-hmm. I don't, God knows what I was doing here. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was about 11-ish, uh-huh. and I saw an argument between two guys, and they were both they were both quite pissed, but uh-huh. one was more than the other. Yeah. And it, the one of the guys just spark the other guy out and yeah. I could hear the punch oh, yeah. on the face and my heart just yeah. went and it, yeah. to see that yeah. now if I saw that on screen yeah. <clears throat> you'd hear like the Harrison Ford yes, <laughs> the punch right. yeah, and, yeah, it, and yeah. it becomes almost cartoon like yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have that no. that effect that no, you see in real true. life and it's amazing how in like those sort of Jason Bourne films or whatever I mean I know I guess he's like a specially trained sort of killer but they punch and punch and fight and fight and fight and thankfully, I haven't been in that many fights, but when I was a kid, I was in a couple, and like, fucking hell does it hurt. Like, it really yeah. hurts getting yeah. punched in the face. Yeah. And actually punching someone really, really hurts. Yeah. It really hurts your knuckles. Yeah. So tell me. And, you've just, and you've and just spurred anyway. me on to, to take the conversation in the next direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about getting punched or being no, um, Tell me, where, about being a kid, like, uh-huh. where did you grow up? I grew up in a village... <laughs> called Wheat Hampstead, which is in Hart- it's sort of in Hertfordshire, really near Bedfordshire. So it's basically I grew up on a road that joins sort of Hatfield to Luton. Right. So my dad was from Luton, uh, and then him and my mum, she's from Wales. They met in Luton. Whereabouts in Wales? She's from a place called New Inn. Uh, Whereabouts is that? It's like a little village near sort of Newport, Cardiff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's like a little. It's the place I grew up in is like a little village. It's I don't know really. You know, it's got a primary school, but it doesn't have a secondary school. So I went to secondary school like out of town. You know, well not out of town, but not in the village. How was school? I mean, 
I sort of enjoyed it, I think. I did. I mean, there was a point around, like, the, what is it, the mock GCSEs where I didn't do that well. And for, and that really sort of terrified me in that I just didn't necessarily want to stay living where I'd grown up. And I think I thought, is the, is, is the only way to leave, I don't know, something like to go to university. I wasn't really sure what else to do. Did you just want to get out of that area? I think so. But not because I hated it or anything, just because I was really curious to just live somewhere else. And um, Would you, Was there a reason why you did so badly in your exams? I think I wa- I'm not really that academic, so I, could, I did okay GCSE-wise at, like... Uh, I did drama, I did all right at drama and English, but the maths, the sciences, fucking history, trying to PE. <laughs> yeah. That was no surprise. Well, I'm, I'm with you there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so when you said you did drama, was there any point where you, you actually thought about becoming an actor? No, no, never. Why did you choose drama then? <laughs> I, li- I liked this, so I remember we had, I had an amazing English teacher, actually, GCSE English teacher. Yeah. And we had uh, All My Sons, Arthur Mid- No, Under the Bridge. Un- is it? No, Under the Bridge? What's it called? Oh, oh, under, the, under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> he was really renegade. Was so <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. What's the one? Oh, shit. This is oh, some, Just, you know someone's listening to this screaming? <laughs> Screaming! I'm a playwright. Can't even remember the Arthur Miller play. Was it? I'm going to look up now. I've got. I've just yeah, moved to get my phone for this. It's the one where I've seen it. I've so had a lot actor and Mark a Strong. Playwright. In fact, did it at the Young Vic. Yeah. Maybe this will help. And I saw Ken Stock do it also in the West End. It's the one where the guy, uh, Italian American family, and he takes in his cousin, I think, and the cousin sort of starts a relationship with his daughter or his niece. Right. This is View from the bridge. View from the bridge! There we the go. Shit. Anyway. Okay, you can stop shouting now, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Read that, and it really vividly stayed with me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And I think, I don't know, there was just something about, it was the first thing I'd ever read, I think. I, like, I wasn't much of a reader, ever, that felt contemporary. It, it, even though it was American and it obviously wasn't contemporary, it felt like, oh, I recognise the voices of these people and it feels like there was no barrier between me reading it and sort of accessing it or understanding it in a way that, you know, when I, you'd study Shakespeare as a kid, I did, I just found it impenetrable. I was like, I don't, these are dead people. It feels like a dead world and a dead language. But also when, as, as kids, we're forced to read something... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm by yeah, a teacher who's told that they yeah. have to yeah, yeah. give this, not necessarily teach it or yeah. inspire them, but yeah. we have to read this because yeah, yeah, it's on yeah. the syllable. That's not inspiring yeah. for anybody, so you're not, yeah. we're not going to open a book. I, I didn't read my first book till I was 21. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. There's someone who's going to tell us. That's what I'm going to do. Unplug it. Oh, well done. Unplugged that. I've just ripped the uh, phone socket out of the wall in this hotel. Um, it's all right. It's not a great hotel. I'm sure they won't mind. Um, yeah, because you know, because I I was always forced to read mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. That, uh, that didn't speak to me or didn't yeah. inspire me by people who didn't talk to me or didn't inspire yeah, me. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah, yeah. things like that do have to change. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's I think 
yeah what, what you you really feel it or at least I did when you get a teacher who really loves the thing they're teaching and it and it is amazing and it but no I, I never that was it's sort of easy when you think back to plot a journey it feels logical and, and you go like oh I loved an Arthur Miller so obviously I'm but I, I I never thought oh I'll write or or I'll act or I'll get involved in drama do you have a tinker do you have a tinker with writing at school not really no I mean a, a little bit uh, during A levels, because you had to, I seem to remember there was like a, as in A level English, I think there was like a, you had to write a short story or something. But I never, oh, excuse me, I never thought. No, I wasn't. I wasn't really doing it in my spare time. Is my memory, but maybe that's wrong. And it was only when I got to university that I did that. Then I did start writing. And this was York. Yeah, this was York, but not. But I, I didn't do anything in the first year because I sort of. As I was saying, cause I, was, I, I didn't do that great at GCSEs, so I, I worked my arse off for A-levels. And I, thankfully, I, I got the grades I needed to get to York. And when I got there and discovered that <laughs> the stuff you had to attend was voluntary, <laughs> I was like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I killed myself to get here. You're kidding me. I don't have to go to this. And I was paying for it. And I thought... Wow. Okay, I I get it. It's like if I want to learn about I don't know Ulysses, I can go along. If I don't, I can just do whatever I want. And they were like, "Yeah, pretty much." As long as you hand in some essays. So I sort of that was when I got into reading. Really, you know, through the library, uh, they had it. York was obviously huge, mm. and they had a, uh, the, the the play side was amazing. Like they had, my memory of it is like it was huge walls of plays contemporary British American European and then like all the old stuff that as I say I'd struggled with as a kid or the Shakespeare you know I could read a bit of that but then also novels and non-fiction too but no the, the first year at York I did nothing really except get drunk quite a lot and it was only then in the second year I got into the drama society because and what were they doing? Were they sort of putting on plays on writing stuff, or it was a mix? Yeah, they would, so they had they have a little space. I assume it's maybe still the same place called the Drama Barn, which was, as it sounds, like a little barn they just converted. I think it seated about forty or fifty people. You know, oh right, so yeah, dinky. Yeah, re- yeah, yeah, really tiny and like bare minimum of stuff. I think there were four lights and like one chair, and um, and you could. You could apply to put on a play, and yeah, you could do a pre-existing play, or you could write your own. So I wrote a play and staged it in the second year, and then did the same thing again in the third year. And I think I quite enjoyed the social bit of it. Yeah, and I enjoyed that you could change it. You know, that you I you could sit watch it with an audience, which is like a horrifying or a horrific experience. <laughs> but also, if something wasn't funny. You you knew immediately yeah. there was no fucking around. It was like okay, woof, I get it. And I and I and there were only tiny runs. It was like a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Mm. Um, and I loved that you could rewrite it then. That it was like a living, breathing thing. It wasn't sort of fixed, you know. Did you feel that you were learning on the job mm. there because yeah. you were getting immediate yeah. responses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff that I thought was hilarious. You know, if it died, you learned loads instantly. And likewise, stuff. 
<laughs> the bits of my writing that I thought were like profound. <laughs> like, you know, you write some beautiful monologue and you think, this is going to change lives. I think people are going to really, this is going to really get to a lot of This people. sounded amazing at one o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was off my face, I thought, I'm going to change the world. And then, of course, you see someone looking at their watch or someone, you know, oh. this was thankfully it was kind of pre, this is sort really pre smartphone. So, you know, now if you see a play, I mean, one of, you know, that you've written, people will literally just get out of their phones and start typing. <laughs> Think, fuck, is it that oh, bad? God. But this was pretty smartphone. Yeah, so I, I did really, I did, that, that's definitely the thing I got hooked on, is the bit of the job where you can make and remake throughout the process. And like in the edit on the TV show, for instance, I loved, I, I just, I could have done that for a year. I, oh, really? Yeah, you love that? I loved that. Um, whereas with a play with an audience, it, it, it's, it's quite scary. You know, trying, trying a new thing live is quite scary. But in the edit, you're sort of protected in a way. You can move stuff around, totally restructure. Yeah. It's really quick to do. And the stakes, I suppose, are quite low, you know, other than the cost of hiring all the equipment and your editor and all that stuff. I suppose if you yeah. don't, if if you never really tried, as scary as it would be, mm-hmm. then you're never going to learn. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, even if you do fail, yeah. what's really the worst yeah. that, if you really, yeah. say you look at it, you write it down, you go, what's yeah. the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ego might be a bit bruised. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. might be a bit sad for a few yeah. days. And then I'll pick myself <laughs> up and I'll start again. <laughs> But maybe I've learned it's something true. from that. It's so true. Do you want to just go back to a yeah. bit of how you were feeling at home? Mm-hmm. Not that you wanted you wanted to kind of escape, but mm-hmm. you were still quite happy. How mm-hmm. did you feel within yourself going to York? Did you feel a sense of freedom? Or That's interesting. I think it took me a while to figure out... I think because I wasn't academic... And in my head, going to university was... So no one in my family had been to university, not my parents, any of my cousins, grandparents certainly hadn't, you know. Um, I was really intimidated. And I think for some reason, that, honest to God, that thing of the fucking stuff was voluntary, just made... It was like, it was... A bless- it was such a relief. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, I can limit the things, the, the bits of this, where I'm going to be really out of my depth... And, and to be honest, it's the first time I'd ever met people from private schools. And I, and I just had always assumed people from private school are like this other level. <laughs> 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 like, Fucking hell, they're going to be like robots. They're going to destroy me. But it's difficult that sometimes, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. even from my point of view, uh-huh. you meet people that... Um, are academically uh-huh. and intellectually superior uh-huh. to you. Yeah. There's some people, the great ones, who don't make you go out of their way to make you feel that you're stupid. Yeah. And then there's the other ones that it's water yeah. for ducks back and it yeah. makes you feel yeah. inferior. Yeah. And, yeah, and you yeah. just sort of revert yeah. into a shell. I know that. Yeah. yeah. And it's a horror it's a really horrible feeling, but that says more about them uh-huh. obviously than yeah. it than it does about Yeah. Others. No, it's so true. There's a certain kind of like from memory anyway, like academic who thrives on almost like alienating you through a kind of wealth of knowledge mm. that they've accumulated. And obviously, like when you really think about it, it's like, well, that's their job. They're in their 50s, say. I'm 18. I've just got here. Obviously, they should know more than me. You know, it would be stupid. I don't even know who I am yeah, as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would I know the fuck about this book or this writer's yeah. life? Like, you've done that your whole, you know. No, one of the best, the, the most freeing things was like, 
somehow really embracing the phrase I don't know and 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 not in a sort of ig- not in ignorance but going like but in honesty yeah like I don't know that I've never heard of that and there was definitely a bit of university where I would I pretended all the time I'd read stuff and not in a like um I hadn't done the homework and hadn't read it but in a people there who just had read everything fuck they knew the whole like canon of this kind of literature mm. or that kind of era I just didn't know any of that stuff and I would just lie because I just thought god I'm gonna get sort of found out sorry it pause <laughs> yeah. oh amazing thank you <laughs> genuinely I've just been delivered a bottle of gin <laughs> yes. I got given a bottle of gin at work yesterday um, and uh, I and got rung really up is. this morning and said, well, the driver left us. So I'll pop it around to the hotel. I'm with Nick playing with another shot of gin on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because you were saying about um, how freeing it was mm-hmm. for them to go, hey, this is voluntary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in a way, mm. it was inspiring because you weren't having everything thrust upon you. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. were choosing yeah, yeah, what yeah, inspired you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's it's really true. And I think then uh, I seem to remember in the like second or third years when you started to be able to choose your modules, even then there was another level of freedom and you could, I guess some of it, some of the things you had to study were fixed. But yeah, I, that was when I sort of got into film a bit too. And What, into the, the, the study of film? It can't, well, I'll say the watching of film. I mean, similar to all the books and stuff, I hadn't really seen that many films. And then this whole world of, you know, I guess you sort of try, I heard someone saying this and that it, uh, they were saying like most people access say film or TV through the mainstream. Really? That's where you start. You don't like, you're not 15 going, I love the French new wave or something. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. I know a few people that have said that. <laughs> there are also the people that, that go, of course I've read everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're not the ones that go, sorry, I've no idea what you mean. Yeah, there. yeah, no, come on. We all get into, like, Transformers or, like, Batman, you know what I mean? You're not starting off. Oh, Raiders of the Lost, I think Raiders of the Lost uh, Ark. Back and... to the Future, yeah. Jurassic yeah. Park. Uh, yeah, or, you know, I don't know, maybe as you say, <laughs> someone who goes, oh, I'd, I love a bit of Italian neorealism on one night's out. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that was fun, like, watching films that were... So it, it was obviously the only two references I can drop were literally the things I said. <laughs> so the French, the French D wave, Italian neo realism, and fucking, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And and bits of it, I was like, this feels up its own ass, yeah, and baffling. And then just you would when the, when it really worked, I was like, fuck, this is just gripping in a way that no other film I've seen has done. But it's really interesting. It's, yeah. Well, it's like a novel, though, isn't it? Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, If you start reading... Yeah. Whenever I buy a book, I always try and read the first page in the uh, bookshop so then I can uh, get... Someone told me to do it, and I went, cool. oh... Because yeah. I, I really love reading now when I've got time. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. hard yeah. with a seven-year-old child and, you know, you know, yeah. you lost yeah. when, when you're talking for a living. Um, but I do love it because it's yeah. the one time... It's like going to the cinema by yeah. myself. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, time yeah. that I can have... Yeah. for you and I think yeah. that's really important I've it's completely so lost true. my thread I don't know what I'm no 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 about. no. it's so true I, I really yeah we, uh, uh, I, oh no sorry, that's what I was talking about oh, go on. when you were talking about the, the films and some of it feels like it's uh-huh. up its own arse uh-huh. 
if you 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 get sometimes I get a block on a book uh-huh. and I go, I can't really get past this page and I'm kind of rereading. Yeah. So then I, I re, try and reread and reread and if I still mm-hmm. can't, then it goes. It yeah. But it's like a film, one of those, you know, one of those. Yeah, films. yeah, yeah. And you you sometimes you watch it and you go, yeah, yeah. I've no, no, I've no, yeah. I, I've not. Is it for me? I don't get it. Yeah. And then you go back and rewatch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you can yeah. make your judgment, yeah. can't yeah. you? Yeah. It's a bit like, I, I think I had that experience with Dennis Potter, like when I, and I think probably it's because I was just slightly too young, really, the first time I saw some of his stuff, like, Lipstick on Your Collar, I sort of remember trying to watch that. I yeah. On Channel 4, I think it must have been. It was on Channel 4, because I, I, I remember buying the script for it, because I, oh, I really loved it. Oh, yeah, it's great. Because it, it, it if, it, if people haven't seen Lipstick on Your Collar, I don't know if it might be on 4OD. They've got, I mean, I'm sure Channel 4 have got that. Be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff's on there from yeah, yeah, years yeah. and years ago. Yeah. But I remember what I loved about it, which I don't know if it's the same as you, that it just went into this yeah. dreamlike musical yeah. sequence. Yeah. And it was very rock and roll, uh-huh. was it, if I remember uh-huh. rightly? Yeah, yeah. And that she was that blonde bombshell yeah. and Ewan yeah, McGregor was, oh, yeah. it was fun. And it was all yeah, the backdrop of the war as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think with his stuff, yeah, the first time I watch some of it I, I was just I didn't really know what to make of it couldn't quite figure it out but then yeah when you somehow watching lots of his stuff seemed to make watching make watching bits of it like a richer experience you start to see all the yeah like the way he they lip sync don't they yeah and, lipstick on your yeah. and it's the same thing in singing detective I mean I can't remember I can't remember which comes first or whatever but and he and that was just so interesting I mean and his yeah anyway but also so no it was such a unique voice nobody hell, was yeah. that was just going back to television yeah. again that was like event television oh, yeah, it? Like the yeah, new yeah. Dennis Potter yeah, was coming yeah, yeah. out yeah. and remember seeing Detective just sort of yeah, blew yeah. up didn't it and you think I mean you think about now sorry not to go on about it or go back but the stuff around say Wanderlust being controversial X-rated and, and, and you go like it's like people forget there was Dennis Potter mm. that was you know, I think like genuinely challenging, and and I suspect, although I don't really know that much about him as a person, was part of his intent was to shock a bit, was yeah. to kind of divide, or was to, and so it's weird that a sh- that a show, yeah, in which people can have loving consensual sex is seen as like tricky for the BBC or a kind of controversial prospect, and you go like they've been supporting writers like that for ages or even Jimmy McGovern you know I'm thinking of the lakes I hope I'm remembering that right yeah and yeah that, I remember that was pretty dark I mean well, anyway all yeah. a lot of Jimmy's stuff's very very oh, dark yeah, but yeah. again I mean and not to go back uh-huh. to Wanderlust again but it's <laughs> It's kind of saying, all general government stuff says, it's got a message, yeah. it's saying something yeah. about the society that we're yeah. living in today. Yeah. And going back to what I said earlier, you know, of course it's a piece of fiction, yeah. what you've written, yeah. but things like someone's going to connect with it, this is happening yeah. somewhere yeah, yeah. to somebody. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's funny. I think there's maybe something about, yeah, anyway, I don't know, maybe it's a tangent, but the the thing of... I think I like to think the thing that people are struggling with watching the show is that because the show's about an inner inability to communicate, I think, in a way, that actually that's really hard to watch. It's, it's like, painful. And there'll be... Obviously, there's people that are just like, it's shit, I don't want to watch it. I get that. But I think people who are really upset by it or, like, viscerally angered by it 
I think I do think that means the show must be doing something, or at least I hope. Well, yeah, yeah. because they've got some yeah. sort of emotion out of it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I think, as you say, when like I certainly do this, if a show is fine and and it's not really doing anything, then I will just stop. Like you, you, you don't obviously you don't sit through five six hours of something. Well, you can't invest that time. No, I mean, no. I'm a bit like that with theatre uh-huh, and, yeah, yeah. and with film. Yeah. I, this is probably an awful thing to admit. I <laughs> am perfectly fine with not coming back after the interval. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's t- I don't really want to yeah. invest anymore in something, yeah. and it's yeah, it's a waste of my time. And actually, it's getting me a bit down. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or yeah, no. There's a weird thing with an interval where I don't. I, I I've I don't really like them. I don't like writing them, and most of my plays are pretty short. They're under an hour. And I, I do think it's weird. The, the interval I, I, I just find weird. I don't, you know, you don't do it at the cinema. I guess TV has adverts. Oh, they used to do it at the cinema. That, well, that's true. That's so true. When I started going, I remember, I remember I saw Battlestar Galactica, the movie, wow. which I didn't enjoy, really. Right, right. I wasn't really into it in, uh, in Warrington. And there was an interval and where there was they a, changed there used the There used to be interval, whatever. I think, when they changed the reel. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I suppose it's just a weird thing to give someone, to give an audience a moment where they aren't watching some, watching something. They're not like engaged with the work. You go out to the bar and as you say, it's just, I think, I don't know, particularly once you've got kids maybe or whatever, you just think like, fucking hell, it's already 10 o'clock. <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> and it's not over? You're kidding me. I mean, I do you know. I do always ask when I ever go to the theatre, the first thing I always oh, go I is... Know. I know, I know. How long is it? <laughs> and I, I went I went a few months ago for the first time in ages, uh-huh. and a friend of mine went, oh, a friend of ours bought some tickets. Yeah, well, I'll be, yeah I'm, I'm filming in London, I'll call them. I'm, in. I'm yeah. in, definitely, I like that, and I'd love to see you. Brilliant. Yeah. So what's it called? Oh, oh right, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> How long is it? Three and a half hours. There's two intervals. I went, there's two intervals. Come on. It's It's Thursday night. Yeah, it's true. I think that you've got to, you've got to either, there's got to be time at one side to drink or eat pre or post going to a play. And and generally if a play, say, starts at 7.30 or 7, if it's like fucking long and they start half an hour earlier you're probably rushing to get there yeah particularly if you've got kids say um and either you've got like a grandparent who's come around <laughs> blah 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 and then if it's three plus hours you come out that's the end of your night and i i, I think a play should be the start of your night like not finish you off yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. A two intervals is I, I, I wouldn't do it but I even think. one i suppose you know there's of course, there's arguments for and against, mm-hmm. but if you're telling a story, mm. you're telling a story, there's mm. a start and a finish in, mm. in one space. So mm. it is kind of filmic in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You just want the, the story to go, go, go and yeah, not yeah, dip. Because yeah. no, then you go true. back in and you've got, to, yeah. you've got to ramp it back up again. Yeah. It always takes people four or five yeah. minutes to sort of settle and get yeah. back into the mindset and something very important might have just been happening yeah. on stage. Yeah. No, it's weird. Yeah, I think I'd I'd call interviews of interviews intervals if I could. That's Freudian. Interv- <laughs> I'd call interviews. Yeah. <laughs> and do you feel now that you've sort of really more than dipped your toe in the telly stuff? Would you like to have a balance of mm. writing theatre and television? 
Yeah, it would be great if you could do a bit of everything. Why can't you? I think you probably can. I think you I can. I mean, there obviously are people who do that really well. I suppose I found, I found the telly thing, it's so long. You know, it takes so long. And I found, like, at the moment, it's, you know, it's going out week on week. I, f- I find it quite hard to... Obviously, I am doing other work, but... I find it like, hard in respect to... Well, I find it hard in that my brain is still slightly on wanderlust, even though, really, I should be moving on and doing other things, you know. Because it's in the ether. I just, yeah, it's like... I don't know, I, I can't quite let it go. Like, I really want to know what people think, and I, and I really hadn't anticipated that I think I thought the first one would go out, you'd you'd understand how it's going to go, you'd get who's watching it or how they're watching it or how many people are watching it, and you'd go, job, job done! <laughs> <laughs> and now <laughs> I move on. And it hasn't been like that at all. I'm really, as I say, like checking Twitter and or Googling yourself. And, and so it is weird. I can't, I, I can't really shake it off. In good and bad ways, like I'm really curious... Every week, I really want to know what people think, but a bit of me is looking forward to when it's finished, like really switching the switch or shutting the door or something, yeah. and doing other stuff. So anyway, that's a long way of saying, yeah, I would, I would love to do a bit of all if if you can manage to do that. But it, the, the TV, I've definitely found much, much more all-consuming than the theatre, which has it just has such a finite, you know, a press night. Yeah. And it and it just is like the end. I know it's not for the actors, no. <laughs> but for me, it like largely is. And you'll go back and you'll watch it, and you you obviously pop in and say hello to everyone. But you're not you're not making big changes, or you're not no because you've had that four or five weeks yeah. to do that. Yeah, and it's true. The structure of it is just so different. And I think because I was so used to that structure, whereas you say it's like four or five weeks all working together, it feels like you're all building it. Then you get in the theatre, you do tech, and you go, oh, right, fuck, it's not quite what we thought we had in our hands. Then an audience comes in, and you really figure out what it is. And then you mad race to press night, and then you kind of go home. And it's it's really compact. You yeah. Know? The, the writing might take however long, but the actual bit of doing it is, what, like a month, two months? It's really tiny. But it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I went there. it's good that there is a finite ending on a press night where you go, right, I'm done, I go home, and you do or don't read the press. In my case, do. do. And then just, like, weep for a day. <laughs> uh, but the TV thing is just, you know, it was, like, over a year to write it all, six months, maybe, of shooting, and then probably three, four, five months in the edit. Um, then there's a sort of pre-publicity bit, anyway, which was just all so new to me. And I think that's the thing, maybe because it's the first time I've done any of it. Yeah. It feels really sort of visceral in a way that, I don't know, maybe when you do it lots, it feels less of a shock. But no, no fuck, it probably doesn't. No, because it? it doesn't really... <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, actually, you uh-huh. know, as, from an access point of view, uh-huh. um, the job doesn't end, even yeah. though you may have finished filming three or four months ago. It doesn't yeah. end until you've finished doing all your interviews and yeah. the, 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 that part of it because yeah. it's still with you and it's yeah. still there. Is it weird when you have to do an interview months and months after you shot the thing and you might not even have seen it yet? You know, yeah, what I, mean? I very rarely watch anyway. So really, no, do, you, do you not? Pretty, watch you I try not to. It, when I have, yeah, it's interesting. If I have to, I have to. Right, right. But it's very rare that I really have to. So if it's going out, we we can't. You won't be watching. No, 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 no. No. Yeah, it's really interesting. 
It's funny, yeah, whereas I, I feel... I mean, obviously it's so different. I'm not... I'm obviously not having to watch myself, but I, I feel compelled to watch it. I feel like I have to support it, you know what I mean? I feel like if I didn't watch it, I wouldn't be doing my job. But can you switch off? Because the reason I can't is I can't really... Mm. I can't really watch because you're <laughs> in a way you're not watching yourself but you're watching uh-huh. your your words yeah. come yeah, to yeah. life and yeah. Yeah. add all this colour yeah are you, are you going oh I should have changed that yeah well there's, yeah there's there's always like little bits or like a cut point or something where you think ah, were we right was that the right thing to do oh, I suppose the nice thing is although I don't know if this is accurate because I I, I don't really write autobiographically there's like a few things in Wanderlust and some other stuff I've done, but really it's total, totally made up. So I don't, I, I don't have the kind of, you know, writers who write stuff that's either is autobiographical or really personal. I guess watching it must be so different. But I, I thankfully I have a bit of distance in that yeah. sense. But yeah, oh my god! Like last night I was watching it and you think like, oh, I think I overwrote that scene. I'd have cut that word. That was a bit too much. But then, thankfully, because all the actors are so great, you are going, fuck, that's a good performance. Like, shit, look at yeah. that. That's so great. Yeah. And like, I, so that bit I really love. But, but then again, you know, we have to ask ourselves that question, where does it ever end? Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we ever going to get to that finish line where we go... Yeah, well, I know, I'm very yeah, happy. I know, I know. And then, <laughs> and then if we get there, well, then what do we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've, no. we've completed something. Yeah. I, I personally, yeah. I never want things to yeah. be complete. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's so that, true. Because I can only learn by sort of making yeah. my mistakes and failing. Yeah, yeah. it's but true. We're talking about structure before, and I want to just ask you in yeah. a different way yeah. um, about the structure of how you write. Do you have a specific... Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna mm. go to the office, or is it more? I'm, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it was, or, or I do. It's slightly changed because so I had a me and my wife had a baby a year ago, so it's like I had to change a bit. But largely, you've got no choice. I've got no choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the baby forced made me do it. I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I write in the mornings, so I sort of get up around seven-ish, and I maybe. Again, it's this kind of pre-baby, so it's slightly different. But I would write till about eight till one, pretty much every day. And other than stopping to make a coffee, I would just be at the, my desk and write. And I always worked at home, just a room in the house. Um, and then in the afternoon, I'll either read, which is quite nice. I'll go for a walk. I really like going for a walk. Just to to rest yeah, the mind. Totally. I just walk around parks in like figures of eight for like if I can. I can't now again post baby, but pre baby, I could do. I could, I could walk for like two hours a day. I did that this morning. Really, Hyde yeah. Park. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. fuck. But that was nice. Yeah, I, I I really love that. And and you are inevitably you just end up thinking about the thing you're doing, but it's it's just a it somehow feels like a different kind of thinking to the thinking you're doing at the desk when the laptop is in front of you. Do you just write? I mean. Mm. Or do you sort of self edit as you go along and you're right and you think this may be shit, but I'm still I, I still have to just oh, get right, it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I kind of pour it out and don't. I mean, I quite enjoy doing research and sort of taking notes and but research not in an you know going back to that academic thing, not in an academic way, but I, I've I, I've really got to enjoy talking to people. So any character who does a particular job. Mm. 
I, I, I'll always go and meet a bunch of people who do that job and just buy them a coffee and try and, and just ask them loads of like really basic embarrassing questions and just go, I, again, that thing, I don't know. I don't know about your job. Seems to me like it's fucking interesting. What you do, can you tell me? And I've, I've, I've done that on everything since, I don't know, last five, six, seven years. God, cause like, even if you spent half an hour or an hour with that person, oh, even yeah. if you got one thing yeah. from them, yeah. it could be amazing. And that yeah, could spiral yeah, 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 something yeah. else, yeah, couldn't yeah. it? No, completely. <clears throat> and I quite enjoy then. You know, some people don't want to hear from you again. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but some people, they're happy to read a script and they'll give you their notes. And, you know, and, and, it's, and you're not necessarily, although some people do, you're not getting, like, script notes about structure or character. Or you're just getting their, like, technical, well, actually, I would never say that if that were me in that situation. And I find all that stuff so useful. So that bit, I, I can take ages. Mm. I might spend, like, months and months. Or that's, a year. that's really interesting, that's though, really isn't it? really fun. I mean, I met so many, you know, so for a player I wrote called Constellations, which had a physicist in it, or a cosmologist, I mean, I, I didn't, as I was saying, I was bad at science. And maybe that's why, because actually doing this means I get to plug all the gaps that I never all the things I never really understood when I was a kid or something. But yeah, I love, I met loads of physicists, loads of cosmologists. Uh, and there was a character in that play as well. He was a beekeeper. So I met a bunch of fucking beekeepers and I, there was a guy who had, <laughs> he had, um, he, I hope he still exists. This is awful. I should know. But at the time his company was called the, I think it was called the London honey company. Right. And I just emailed him and said, I don't know <laughs> about beekeepers. Sounds interesting. Do you eat the honey? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> and he and he was like, "Well, I'll show you." Come and so I and he was incredibly cool. And he drove around on like a Vespa, I think, or a very cool kind of little bike. Mm. I don't really know much about bikes. And he had hives all over London. Right. So he had hives on the roof of the Tate, I think. This is going back. So I again, I don't know if this is still accurate. Hives on the roof of Fortnum and Mason, and then in some fields in like somewhere south. And he and I just follow. I just he drove me around for a day. Wow! And 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 you know, it just it, it, it's like a mix of well, this is just kind of fun, and you're just picking. The more you get people to talk, the more you reach a kind of point where they're talking anecdotally, and not that I'm stealing their anecdotes, but it just means people initially might talk about their job quite formally, but really, you, like I want to know how they spend their day, yeah, what they're doing, the yeah, as they work bits they love, bits they hate, blah, blah, blah. And that stuff kind of creeps out the longer you talk to them. Presumably not unlike doing a podcast, you know. Well, it's and interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because I was just thinking that yeah. there's kind of parallels there. Yeah, yeah. Because what yeah. I never want to do is have, like, a question and uh-huh, answer yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's it's not no. helpful no. for anybody. No. And it, everybody yeah. gets quite close. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. If, we're, if we're having a conversation, yeah. then we're learning something. I'm, yeah. We're learning so much about each other yeah. in the conversation and then someone yeah. like you were spending the time with that beekeeper mm-hmm. you you weren't necessarily stealing anecdotes uh-huh. but you might have been inspired by something that yeah, you said completely. and that could have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the domino effect yeah to going yeah. back to that laptop and yeah. writing a great scene yeah no I, I really love that bit of the job and I didn't I didn't even know you could do that you know but I, I think it just came from a really basic trying to write about someone or a profession or a person that I'd never met or didn't know anything about and then I just thought fuck it I'm just going to email them and see if and I just have been luck and kept finding people really want to talk about their jobs you know and they don't I think 
they don't want to be misrepresented. And, you know, you're transparent. You're like, I'm not going to... This isn't going to be sort of accurate, probably. You might think, well, it doesn't quite work like that. or But I'm not going to betray your what you tell me or your experience by sort of contorting it entirely. You know, I'm much more interested in if something... I'm trying to think of an example, but... If someone's told me something that is you know, means that a story I had in mind can't work because, I don't know, some element of their job or the way their industry works wouldn't, that wouldn't really happen. Yeah. I'll always follow the the sort of, you know, real bit. And I just think it forces you to think in a different way. And, yeah, I've always really enjoyed that. And it's weird, I suppose I've mostly met scientists. But then on Wanderlust, you know, I met loads of psychotherapists. And that I've never had therapy. I didn't really know anything about that world, and it was so interesting. Fuck yeah! I bet. Yeah. The music I wanted to. Oh yeah, talk yeah, yeah, about yeah! Please, because yeah, great. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was going, "Oh, and the, was it? I think is it episode two where it uh-huh. ends in the club, uh-huh. yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Loyal Carner comes yeah, yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was going, and I love Loyal Carner anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, the music for me didn't get in the way of any of the storytelling. It sort of added to everything. And I was wondering, is that something that was written in the scripts? Or Uh is it? Well, so so some of it is. Right. I I wish I could claim credit for all of it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Yeah, I think... I I listen to a lot of music when I'm writing. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, And so I think... Do you listen to music when you're reading as well? No, I don't. I can't, actually. I can't. Reading, no, I feel like needs a totally different environment. I need need to concentrate. Yeah, Yeah. Ideally, I'd be in the middle of nowhere to read a book with no one around, no phone or anything. Whereas writing, I love noise, I love music. I I often, you know, you end up writing in cafes and it's great when they're really busy. Somehow I feel less self-conscious. Wow, that's really interesting. Whereas if you're... In it. I think it's probably because I might end up in a cafe all day, and I've <laughs> because of that scene in Fleabag. I think it's ruined us for it. Do you, do you remember that? There's a bit where the cafe that Fleabag runs, and this guy comes in, gets out his laptop, his phone, another device, oh, yeah. plugs them all in, <laughs> and she goes, "Can I get you anything?" And he goes, "No, I'm good." <laughs> and it just, I think I can, I can never go into a cafe. Because you go in, you go, hi, what's a cheap, like, filter coffee? Do you have any plugs? And it's their Wi-Fi, and I just feel really bad. But when it's busy, obviously, I don't feel that bad. And then I'll use their plugs. And so, anyway, what was I saying about that? Yeah, so I quite, writing is, I, I like noise. Mm. And I like lots going on. And, uh, yeah, and I always listen to music. That's right, yeah. sorry. And so, I think I just started writing some of the stuff I was listening to in the scripts, and I would write some sequences and go, either if it was someone in a scene, you know, presses play on a thing, I'd write in that track and right. then script a sequence. So I'm trying to think of an example. But but not not all of them. So there was, there's a Bill Withers track in episode two, Use Me, that they sing in the car. Yeah. And that was scripted as that track. And then there's a Jamie Woon track. In, again, in two, there's a kind of montage split screen when mm. getting ready to go yeah. out. That one was scripted. And the gig, actually, at the end of two, I wrote in the band. So I wrote This Is The Kit performing Magic Spell because I was listening to that track. And there's a great... Uh, I don't think it's a live version, but there's a sort of alternative version 
on an EP of theirs, which I think is called Rusty and Got Dusty. Right, good title. Good title. And it's a really great version of the track Magic Spell on that EP plug. And um, Have you heard Bill Withers live at Carnegie Hall? No. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you can get it on... Did you, did you, did you listen to vinyl? I haven't got that much. Right, no, if you can find it, find it okay. get it. Is it's, it rare? Am I, I don't know if it's okay. rare or not. I seem to have had it for donkeys, but it's like a real go-to... Right, right. Uh, it's, not only is it a brilliant album, but yeah. it's live and it's yeah, a Carnegie yeah, Hall yeah, yeah, and there's something great. about his voice. Yeah, yeah. And the crowds really do feel like that. It's really, oh, really, okay, it's a really great. good listen. Um, it's like a Pop Picks recommendation. <laughs> Craig, yeah, Craig and Nick's record. <laughs> <laughs> um... And I think, yeah, so I I just, and, we, and I really wanted to do a gig in the show that felt like a gig, whether or not we achieved that obviously is up to people to decide, but, and yeah, we got This Is The Kit, I, I don't, you know, producer, music supervisor, just wrote to them, I guess, and said, I don't know whether they ever read the scripts, whether they said like, he wrote you in, will you come and do it, or whether they just asked them, but they were so great, and yeah, we shot it in Manchester. In the soup kitchen? I hope I'm getting it. Yeah, yeah. You are getting it right. It's a great venue. Fuck, it was great. So I was was on sweat that day. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. They did two tracks. They're both in the show, both live. Um, But then lots of the other music, so the Lorcana, or what else is in... trying to think of another example. Were either, uh, you know, directors, either Luke, who directed the first three, or Lucy, who directed the second three, working with Ian, the music supervisor. But we all we all kind of wanted... I said early on, through no other reason than instinct, like, I'd love to use lots of music in the show. I'd really love it to be a part, like, integral to it. And someone comes to you and goes, yes, there's clearances, yes, this, exactly, this is going to cost a exactly. lot of money. But the great thing about having never done it before is even if I do know how hard it is, I can pretend I don't. So, so, you, so they go, that's going to cost a lot of money. What? I really? Go, oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, I'll try and cut some material from this or that. Let's find a way to make all this. I'll make sure I edit out. that bit out so yeah. that <laughs> on your next telegram you can keep going. Oh, no. that. <laughs> Fuck. But I think actually, as long as you're, you know, it was in script stage, so long before pre-production or shooting or anything, I think as long as you're transparent, and you're, you demonstrate that you're prepared to work within the limitations, or within the, not limitations, but the, like, I don't know, what sort of barriers? It sounds even worse. But whatever, the parameters, yeah. that's what I mean. Then I think people see that you're sincere. Like, if I, I guess if I'd gone, I'm a fucking artist, I want lots of music, they might have gone, mm, no, it's going to cost a bomb. But uh, I think I just, I, ha- I had a feeling from people I'd spoken to to sort of warm up for figuring out how TV works, that original music in TV, I think, can be quite rushed, maybe, or can happen in right. the last minute. Mm. And I just thought, why wouldn't it be great if we knew the tracks we wanted? Some of them we can script, some of them we'll find in the edit, but and then we can really cut to them um, and not have to kind of wait, wait, wait for a score and get a score and go, oh, it's not quite right or whatever, you know, and... I, and I got the feeling that unlike a film where you might have a very long time to score a film and a very long time in the edit that, you know, the TV edit's quite compressed or whatever. Anyway, no. So we all... It, it's great. I'm really glad that on, on Twitter people seem to enjoy the music. But music adds... It, it can add so much mm-hmm. and then take away so mm-hmm. much in the mm-hmm. first few bars mm-hmm. of a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the very yeah. delicate balance, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. I mean, and... 
figuring out a sort of a kind of track that suits your main character versus the kind of track that suits like the music around the kind of teenage characters is I think quite different to the stuff around. Well, the, it is because you've got. I think why why it struck me so much mm. is there's a great, there's a palette there's a mm. great palette yeah, for, great. of the music yeah, and it really adds to it. Just going back to the Lord Carnival in that yeah. club yeah. because of the way that track. Um, I don't know the, the musical yeah, the term for yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're turning the volume yeah, up, yeah, 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 and yeah. it's creeping, creeping, slowly. Yeah. And so it, and then they see each yeah. other in that club, yeah. and the music is building as yeah. they're looking at each other. Yeah. So the, it adds yeah. into the drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. That's a great track. Yeah. And then episode three after that starts with another one of his tracks for the sort of. <laughs> basting a chicken montage <laughs> I'm sure he's delighted about um, well yeah. I'll, I'll ask him um, he's uh, we've been, he's been we've been trying to make him it work coming on the podcast for oh, amazing uh, oh, about six months oh, and right. we keep missing each other right 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 um, I'll probably have to edit that bit out because uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want people knowing but I might, hey, I might leave it in who knows Nick Payne, thank you so much. That was brilliant. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks very much. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And another episode is done. Um, Nick, I, I've never met Nick before until uh, until he came to meet me outside the hotel, and he's such easy company. Very, very. As you can tell, you just heard. Really easy to talk to, not worried about talking about certain topics, um, and, you know, really honest, and that's what we want. Uh, so I really hope you enjoyed that, um, and, you know, are we just a bit prudish over here? I don't know. I think probably we are. But anyway, look, if you haven't seen Wonderlust, do go and check it out, because uh, it's it's... I think it's a bit special. I think it's really, really good. And as we said in the podcast, it's kind of interesting. It, things shouldn't be for everybody, and that's good. But there's nothing worse than, you know, what I said, like, ah, fine, I don't... It should be one thing or the other. Get people's backs up or get people clapping and cheering. That's amazing. Um, and wouldn't the world be boring if we all had the same taste? I think so. Well, look... Thank you so much for joining us and downloading and subscribing. And look, I guess I'll uh, I'll see you Thursday. Usual time, it'll be up. It's with the fantastic JB Barrington. I'll see you Thursday. Take it easy. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.